welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Today, we have some special edition ideas. <laughs> Which I'd usually say something to the effect of, no we don't, these ideas are every week. But in fact, this week they are a little bit special. Because we have a guest. Exactly. Hello and welcome. I'm Atheo, one of your hosts. I went into writing to pretend like I didn't want to do math anymore, but ended up doing more math for my writing than I have ever used outside of it in any other field. Hi, I'm Eunice. I write because real life sucks. <laughs> Hello, I'm William Ray, also known as Avian Overlord. I object to your characterization of me as a lazy writer. I am a lazy editor. Get it right. Oh, what do you edit? I edit a pair of web serials, namely The New Humans and Wise Blood, both by Henry Walker, who is a great guy, and you should uh, check them out. Excellent, excellent. And I got into editing because, well, it's like thinking up stories, but you get to inflict them on other people. <laughs> exactly. Having done a little bit of editing myself, yeah. Alright, this is a guest episode, so what's your, uh, what's your pitch for us? Well, my pitch is this. Imagine a world where young teenagers have fantastical adventures of a urban fantasy context. They're all very dark and sexy and all that, completely without their parents' knowledge. And in this world, there is one young man with a destiny and powers that are above the rest. And I have no idea what these powers or destiny are yet, but we'll get to that. This mm -hmm. person is not our protagonist. Our protagonist is his dad. His dad, who, until very recently, didn't even have the slightest idea about any of this, and it was uh, unclear on why his kid wasn't talking to him about where he was going as much, but just assumed it was, you know, teenagers. But now he's been missing for a week. And so, in order to resolve this issue, our increasingly desperate father must delve into and discover this world that his son has apparently been making a big fuss in. Can he do it? I like it. Well, probably, given that it's a story, but you know what? Don't undercut my dramatic tension. <laughs> I'm gonna undercut your dramatic tension at every turn. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. yeah. Now, to be fair, if you were writing it, I wouldn't undercut your dramatic tension. But uh, given that we have listeners here, and they're most likely going to be people who can write themselves, uh, I think we all knew where that was going. Okay. Unless you want to go for a downer ending, but uh, that doesn't really sound like a setup for a downer ending. So with this idea, I see several routes. Like this could be like just a pretty, you know, fun romping adventure story where the main character has to use his wits to outsmart a bunch of teenage superheroes who have way more powerful than him but you know have underdeveloped prefrontal cortexes or it could kind of be like a parody of like the superhero genre with a lot more like comedic stuff going on i don't know about the like superhero genre but like that that hidden world genre of just like yeah that's the one i was meant oh okay i see uh, this was actually directly inspired by uh, playing persona 4 and wondering you know what does happen if I die in one of these dungeons? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I like this. 
but sort of I have to question like is this guy a single dad is or do we want to make it like a complete send up right and he's not a single dad he's married in a generally happy relationship and uh he ends up starting to play that role of the teenager where he's constantly lying about where he was and like going into the secret world <laughs> that is actually a very fun idea <laughs> okay so we sort of take a send-up of it where he's constantly lying to his wife about where he was. I don't want it to be kind of entirely comedic. Well, yeah. You can have things that are dark and things that are comedic as well. But having that framing device of, yeah, we we know it's silly, but we're doing it because it's funny. Uh, if, if I could um, bring in a sort of a film reference, actually. My kind of touch point here would be uh, Galaxy Quest, if you've seen it. <sighs> If you're asking if I've seen a film, the answer is, uh, no. <laughs> well, regardless, Galaxy Quest is about a group of very thinly-veiled Star Trek actors who get mm -hmm. taken away by aliens who think they're actual space adventurers. Oh. Because they don't understand the concept of fiction. And they have to fight an actual space battle and defeat this actual alien menace. I see. So the idea is kind of the humor from, you have this serious premise. And then on the other hand, you have this guy who is not even remotely qualified from a literary perspective to be the protagonist of this novel or story or whatever format this ends up being in. Yeah, I like it. And instead of being like not qualified in the usual sense where it's like they apparently have all the skills they need, they're just not qualified, you know, by doing exactly whatever the thing is. No, we mean actually unqualified. I just have a deep love of mismatched protagonist and genre. I think the first thing we have to figure out is sort of who was his son and what happened to him. So I'm not sure what power this guy would have. My idea would be that he, like some other hero or powered person who has like foresight powers, came up with some sort of prophecy that he's involved in. And then... Oh, obviously there has to be a prophecy. There yeah. just has to be. So then the bad guys are like, well, we, we, he's in the prophecy. We got to get rid of it so that we can do our nefarious things without, you know, this guy coming to save the world. I think given sort of what we have here, I think making the prophecy, like, name names directly, but also be completely incomprehensible. Like, it has the main character's son's name in the prophecy. Just like his full name. But other parts of the prophecy are just completely incomprehensible. They don't mean anything. Oh my god, I just had an idea up here occur to me. Yeah? What if it's a dad reference? What do you mean? Like, not a reference to dads, but like, part of the prophecy is very clearly a reference to like, 60s music or something. <laughs> exactly. To the sound of 60s music. And our main character is the only person who recognizes it by virtue of being just that. <laughs> Oh, can we can we make it so that the the kid is like the same name as the dad, but just junior? So then, like most people don't know that, but he's actually in the prophecy. <laughs> maybe, maybe it does kind of undercut the whole unexpected chaos element that should not be happening in this story. <laughs> now, if the reason that the prophecy was like made was because the dad and the son team up uh, for our final act now well they can't say the prophecy was wrong see see i like so let's say they have the name and then there's something about the person being like reborn 
So then the bad guys, they kidnap the kid, but they, they're afraid to kill him because of that, like, rebirth part of the prophecy. But actually, it's just because he's, like, you know, John Jr. So he was reborn. <laughs> Jesus, John reborn. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> like... And in fact, that the fact the non-reborn John is the one that she's been worried about. There we go. Yeah. Um, but I do not want to uh, bake the dad into the metaphysics at all because... Mm-hmm. I feel that just kind of undercuts the central joke. Yeah. I think putting him into the metaphysics a little bit, but without giving him access to any of the powers sort of works fine. Especially if the prophecy... Well, okay. So if the prophecy is too easy to figure out, then you don't want to do that. But if you can make the prophecy like hard enough to read that nobody knows what it's talking about, yeah, then you can sort of bake him into the metaphysics a little bit. Like, only if you can interpret the prophecy in hindsight, like, is it funny? <laughs> or a double meaning, where it could have meant that, you know, the things that happened in this story fulfilled the prophecy, but maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I think it would have to be very carefully written so that the obvious interpretation is, like, has to do with the sun and all of that. Like, that has to be a very obvious one, so that the readers don't go looking for, like, that extra meaning, which is the joke that comes in the end. <laughs> okay. So we do have a little bit of a world here, right? Uh, yeah. But why does the world need saving? Good question. What is it, What is the prophecy here? Who is the chosen one, and why is the chosen one? I don't think it's... I don't really want to go for, like, a world-threatening plot. I think keeping the stakes a bit more personal is the way to go here. Well, yeah. No, no, no. Like, the dad's role in this is not to save the world. The dad's role in this is to save his son, who can save the world. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Like, do we want to go aliens, or is it, like, no, something... No, not aliens. <laughs> Actually, it occurs to me that you probably haven't heard... My other podcast appearances and thus do not know my dislike of it always being aliens. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I usually write fantasy. I rarely do aliens. I've never done aliens. What, what am I talking about? I was, compl- I was actually, uh, in that context, I was complaining about uh, superhero web fiction or superhero prose oh. fiction in general, which is like, I see. oh gee, I wonder what force caused all these people to get superpowers from having strong emotions. Oh look, it's aliens. Aw, oh, calling me out like this. <laughs> Although I'm not sure aliens applies, but you know what? We're just gonna ignore that. But, uh, Aphio, see, the thing is, I could have called you out on that by throwing a rock. In fact, I largely did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the point. I, I don't say calling me out on this if it's not something that's, like, you know, fairly large. Also, Aliens doesn't actually apply for, like, all of it in my setting. It's, it's like, about a third of it Aliens apply for. Oh, oh, New Humans has Aliens. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Anyways, skipping over that, um, so no Aliens. What do we want instead? Um, what about a, what about a society that, like, co-developed with humans, but, like, for some reason can't exist in the modern world? So they sort of split off like a parallel-ish dimension that they live in and sort of interact with but they're like constantly trying to override the main dimension with their own in places and that's what that's what our uh, teenage magic people running around have been doing all this time is they're trying to stop that overriding of the modern world with whatever is going on over there i do want there to be a fair bit of politics on like the magical world of this side 
you know, more things to throw a wrench in. I mean, there's definitely secret societies of magic users. That's just has to be. It's, it's inherent part of the premise. Oh, yeah. No, that's a given. So instead of doing aliens, we're going to do people from a parallel dimension? <laughs> eh, maybe. People who didn't used to be in a parallel dimension, but who made a parallel dimension to avoid something about the modern world. Can we call them demons? I mean, if you'd really like, but it doesn't quite seem like... See, the thing is, Lo, I feel like a sequence about how, oh, oh you, they say demons, but that's just like, uh, they're really just people from another dimension they are trying to invade our own. Feels like the kind of exposition you'd get in the sort of thing this is riffing on. I mean, I'm thinking, actually, I'm thinking it's just like, thousand years have happened since the prophecy was, was made and it's come due. That's the big plot. Some ancient thing has woken up. Okay, so there's an evil god waking up? Yeah, or some sort of big baddie evil wizard or demon or something. Why is it that they can't just kill the demons instead of sealing them away for thousands of years? Insurance money. <laughs> it's been an insurance scam from the very beginning. <laughs> Let us see what those fools at the insurance company think of me now! Exactly. Look, I don't get to use my evil laugh that often. Okay. So there's an evil order of ancient god-worshipping cultists who are trying to allow their god to be awakened without interference from this pesky little teenager that was in the prophecy. This pesky teenager and his band of spunky friends. So they're kidnapped and they're like probably in the, the evil fortress, but the cultists don't kill them because of that wording of the being reborn in the in the prophecy i was also thinking the sun would be possessed by by the god they're planning on using him to, to as a vessel for the god yes and that's why he's special <laughs> yes. oh. Because, okay. oh my god i just thought of this okay what if his stick his special power is that he could like use the evil god's power okay so that he was born kind of linked to the evil god. Oh, he can he can use the evil god's power. He's sort of linked to it. And the, and the cultists think, they're, they're like, hmm, this reborn. I mean, it could mean that we don't want to kill him. But it also could mean that he becomes the evil god. And I think, I think he's possessed by some facet of the big bad. So initially, you know, the order of the fighting, you know, whatever. Order of evil evildoers. No, I mean the good, the good guys that oh. the kid belongs to. Oh, I see. They locate him and then they're like, you, you know, could either embrace your evil power or, you know, fight alongside us. And they indoctrinate him in all the things of being a hero. And then, <laughs> then he gets kidnapped. And, you know, you could have some pretty funny cutscenes about that. So he gets, he gets captured and is now possessed Possessed by the forces of darkness. While, like, he's in the evil fortress, like, they're all, like, trying to just, like, tempt him to the side of evil with bribes and, I don't know, sinful things. <laughs> I don't know. Please kick this puppy. <laughs> oh, I thought of something, like, genuinely, like, dramatic and nasty. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> don't tell us you've thought of something. We, an illusion of, we have your dad. Just the, the horrible, bitter irony of it. Oh. <laughs> Wait, they tell the kid that they have his dad? Yeah, but they're lying. 
okay, in order to make the kid, like, do stuff? Do evil stuff, yeah. Yeah, do, do what we want or we'll kill your dad. Oh, I see. No, I actually like that. Okay. So that's what's sort of going on in the background. Um, how does the dad sort of gain access to this, uh, to this magical world? Does he, like, also, what is his dad's, like, areas of expertise? Hmm. I feel like he needs to have some sort of scientific background or knowledge of like mythology and history. Or like a journalistic research background. Like either he has all the knowledge he needs to fit in this world. He doesn't. But he just thought it was like fictional before. No. Or like, no. Okay. I mean, journalist, journalist is an interesting idea though. Okay. So he, he like pieces together, you know, just like little reports of like weird sounds that are happening or like gatherings that are like people just thinking that it's just teenagers dressing up in dark robes and like you know being silly they think it's a bunch of larpers but in reality it's the earth's defense force (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i was actually uh, kind of like i had an image in my head of him like sort of tearing through his kid's room just in a desperation to find anything. And he finds, like, a MacGuffin or magic item or something. And that kind of becomes the gateway to... Maybe maybe not, like, a MacGuffin or something, but, like, he finds, like, a napkin with an address on it, right? And that address is, like, a magical sort of... It's essentially, like, an office that they run. Oh, yeah. But, but like, a recruiting office. Now I'm imagining, like... I do want him to find, like, a magical tool or something and have no idea what it does until it, like, goes off. Okay. Oh, 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 I had an idea. Like, the, the good guy organization has, like, some sort of identifier. And he has it and gets identified despite the fact that he's not, has no idea what's going on. Man, that's some real poor identification, but you know what? I like it. Okay, so his kid's missing, and, like, the police or whatever have no lead, so he's just, like, wandering in his kid's room, and there's just, like, I don't know, some kind of little pin or something, and then he got, he just kind of absentmindedly, like, puts it on, like, right before, you know, going on this, like, quest to go find his son, but it's actually, like, yeah, like an ID badge that identifies him as, like, a powered hero or whatever. Yes, that identifies him as... I'll need to think of something suitably grandiose. So then he's out, and then he immediately gets attacked by, like, some baddies. Yes. A tier three hero of the World Protection Organization. <laughs> and then they just, like, refer to him by this, like, Grand Marshal title or something that, like, he, do- he doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and, like, they're initially, like, really cautious with attacking him because they're expecting him to, like, fire, you know, rain death upon them or something, but, like... He doesn't have powers, he's just dodging. Constantly. Unleash the powers of fire! Yeah, they're confused, he's confused, but he managed to, to like, oh, he gets saved by another hero. Yes, actually, I had an idea for that. Okay. It's his son's two sunder love interest. It's his son's love interest? Yes. Sorry, did you try to say Sundere and get to sunder? Yes, I I mangled it horribly. Okay. I apologize for my poor knowledge of pseudo-Japanese locals. Yeah, no, that, that's, that, that one's soon today. I, I, had a, I had to take a moment there, sorry. Yeah, well, you were exposed to my Japanese, no one's blaming you. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, my son has a girlfriend? 
Yeah, that's his that's his big thing. It's like, wait, you're my son's girlfriend? She's like, he never tells me anything these days. <laughs> yeah, you can see the potential of this premise, can't exactly. you? Exactly. We saw the potential of it from the beginning. We're just getting to it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking she doesn't tell him at first. Well, yeah, but she was tracking his pin location. And that's why, yeah, she thought it was the sun. And then she's like, oh, who are you? You're like, and then she, well, she's like, oh, wait a minute. I think I recognize you from a picture. And he's like, why do you recognize me? And then she doesn't want to tell him because it's secret. But he, like, gives her the parent stare until she cracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I also, well, it should be blatantly obvious to the reader. Oh, yeah, that's beyond easy. But completely... Because our main character has negative genre savvy, it's incredibly obscure to him what her, her relationship to his son must have been. But... Oh, so we're giving her pink hair in her uh, in her magic form. I was thinking that or red. Okay. Is she wearing a magical uniform? Probably something like that, you know. Okay. Something that makes him, like, immediately tell her to go, like, put on a coat or something. <laughs> it's like, what are you wearing, young lady? I was thinking less scandalous and more just weird. Okay, so he cracks her, and then she tells him... This weather is way too warm to be wearing a leather trench coat. (laughs) That was so many questions. Anyways, moving on. So, you know, like, she explains some of the stuff that's been going on. And, like, he's kind of forced to believe it because, you know, she shot lasers out of her eyes or did a magical... They were just attacked by monsters. That tends to dispel a lot of skepticism. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, so, like, where are the the bad guys? Like, where's this base that they kidnapped the son to? And then she's like, well, nobody knows where it is. There's only, like, yeah, like, they, they keep their, their main base really well hidden. Well, that sounds like a problem we need to solve then. <laughs> yeah. So he starts, like, doing research. <laughs> Yeah, and he can kind of, like, provide a skill set here. Yeah, you know, like, there's this island where, like, all the deer keep disappearing or something. <laughs> or some weird obscure... Ooh, disappearing wildlife as a tell is, is always a good one. And then he goes to the the hero base, and it's just, like, a bunch of teenagers running around like chickens with their heads cut off because the guy in the prophecy has been kidnapped. <laughs> and then... <laughs> He's like, you guys are, have a deplorable lack of discipline here. And then he organizes them better because they're just a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> Shut up, you're not my dad. They're like, you're not my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I may not be your dad, but I'm his. And if you don't listen to me, we're all screwed. <laughs> you know, he just stares at them. Dad stare. He has a really pro dad stare. There we go. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's to have a dad stare. Main character, powers, dad stare, investigation. <laughs> yeah. Dad stare level 20. Exactly. What's the reason he has to hide all this from his wife? Oh, uh, there isn't really one. Actually, that, that plays into the genre, too. Like, there's no actual reason to hide what you're doing from your parents. You just do it because it seems like the right thing to do. So we get, we get about three quarters of the way through the book. Like, 
he's been he's been doing this the whole way and like hiding it the whole way and finally his wife is like okay listen you need to tell me what's going on or this isn't working and then he just does and then he just immediately tells her nothing goes wrong there was no particular reason not to tell her i thought i would have looked like a lunatic is you know a yeah. pretty plausible reason there you go i thought i would look like a lunatic and then she's like uh yeah, but also, our son's been missing for three weeks at this point. I don't know what the hell you would want me to do. Also, suddenly running out all the time also makes you look like a lunatic. <laughs> also, our son has a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Just throw that in there. Oh, and the actual way that we resolve the plot is that uh, telling her about things lets him investigate or in a better way, or she's better at investigating than he is, and... They find where the where the place is. Yeah, and then they have to break in and fight through the fortress and save the sun. Exactly. And then the god is reborn, and they gotta like seal him again. Yeah, obviously, obviously, you need have you need to have your big sexy final boss fight. Okay, but both the parents are there, you know, just uh, not helping. <laughs> well, I mean, they're like field commanders, you know. They don't actually have any powers, but... <laughs> I do think the dad should be able to do something, like cobble something together. They have, like, just... magical items that let them that let them do uh, something, like, just a few times per fight. Yeah, yeah, it's like, am I doing this right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there, yeah. What was that spell again? Um, and then just, like, saying random words, swinging around a, a wand or something. Oh, I'm reminded of this one point in, um, this one moment in, like, one of the Percy, like, the last Percy Jackson book, where Percy's stepdad fires off his shotgun, and is like, did I get one? Because he can't quite see monsters. <laughs> you know, it's a fair question. He did get one, in fact, but... So they're given... The parents are given, like, artifacts of immense power, but they treat them like new mobile devices that they d don't quite know how to use. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I I'm half tempted to go with, like, the Japanese thing and make it, like, a phone app or something. I mean, for an artifact of, of immense magical power, I'm not sure a phone app will work. Or if it's, like, a magical device that transforms throughout the ages, it could be a phone. That's true, but it wouldn't be an app in that case. I mean, I'm also kind of be directly making fun of Megaton there, which has phone apps that summon demons. I mean, directly making fun of things is fine, but you do kind of have to weigh that against, like, the world you've created. I mean, I know that, but, like, something that is just super, you know, down with the kids does kind of fit. Well, okay... If we want to make it a phone, then it could be, like, right before the kid got kidnapped, he got, like, grounded for always sneaking out at night and not telling his parents, and they confiscated his phone. But the phone is actually the artifact. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's amazing. Oh, and that's what, that's what the mom has that's super helpful. Because she's the one who took the phone away. I'm still not sure I'm going to have I'm I'm, I'm going to have them be married, but I mean, one of them can have the phone. It's fine. I mean, I'm kind of tempted to have the kid's mom be like involved in the supernatural world or whatever. Oh, it's only the dad that's left out. Well, she's not like in contact with them. I mean, that's just a thought. 
Yeah, I I think I like the idea more of like both parents like coming together to do something than I do like one of them's been hiding it for a while because that's just sort of like okay, but like really. <laughs> well, my thought was that she's completely out of the picture. Like they both think she's dead. Well, you could have them just be like divorced and then just decide which one the kid lives with, and then have the other one come in later. Yeah, I think that might that might work. But, you know, each bring their unique uh, parent skills to the table. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know what her superpower is. It's not the mom glare. It's more... mm... It's that, like, psychic understanding of the kid. (laughs) Actually, I... I think it would it w- it would be maybe even funnier if like the, they hadn't confiscated the phone. The kid had just left it somewhere, and she uses her super mom finding skills to just find it in the house. <laughs> I see. Because <laughs> you know when you can't find something, and you're like mom, <laughs> and she just picks it up within thirty seconds of entering the room. But the idea of confiscating the phone and the phone having magic powers, that is just fantastic. Yeah, okay. So, I do think we sort of have our main outline here. Is there anything you guys think that we're sort of missing here? I guess kind of ideas for, like, world system. Like the magic powers? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just figured that, like, given how many other ideas you have competing here, you want to go with something that's fairly standard. Yeah, yeah, I do want it to be something fairly standard. Um, you know, you could just go with the, like, bog-standard elemental powers nonsense. Maybe. That could work. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, although, um... Oh, oh, I, I, I did just think of something, though. Um, I do want there to be, like, a tarot motif to the powers that, naturally, our main character can't remember. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I did say this was inspired by playing Persona, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, like, a level of inspired, and there's, like, a level of, are you doing the same thing, that is sort of... Yeah, yeah, I I know, but, like, they're they're common enough that I think it's recognizable as a general genre riff. I mean, you you could actually combine the two, and then just, like, have the tarot be, like, the expression of an elemental power. Yeah, yeah, it's like a filter or something. Yeah. Or, I don't know, you could have just be magical artifacts that choose their bearers through the ages or something (laughs) why not both yuck i hate it but you know what let's go with it (laughs) and then you know like the girlfriend's artifact is just an mp3 player or something and she obviously has fire powers oh a hundred percent it's just it's non-negotiable and then someone else's is just like a pair of very expensive running shoes or something <laughs> there you go yeah so they, they just adapt to become like modern relevance oh oh i had a thought well you know how there there's often like kind of like older mentor figure in this mm-hmm. should that guy have met the dad at any point what if it's his boss actually um i don't think boss but what if it's like the guy at work he always hates <laughs> Yet another reason to hate Greg. <laughs> Freaking Greg. <laughs> yes, yes. And especially if if it's because he keeps running off from work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yet another reason to hate Greg. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to any of our listeners named Greg. 
It's just a, a name that's funny to hate. I'm so sorry. Hello, Greg. We meet again. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you leave that you leave that as like a like a chapter cliffhanger. It's ah uh, yes, Greg, we meet again. <laughs> nah. And then the next chapter begins. Why did you cut out last Friday? Oh, so this is where you were when we needed you last Friday, you little shit. So this is why you made me stay an hour of overtime. <laughs> All right, so I think we've got our main setup here. Yeah, we've got our main sort of narrative through line. Wait, what happens in the end, though? Well, I mean, they, they beat the, the big bad and everybody goes home all safe, except for Greg. Who had his leg cut. Not like cut off, just like a cut on his leg. <laughs> uh, he, he tragically reached the fate of all mentor figures and something that I am definitely sad about. Except instead of dying, instead of dying, it just like removed his ability to see the magical world. Oh, wow. Maybe he can come to work on time now. Exactly. And that's how you end the book. It's like, well, if there's one good thing about all of this, Greg won't be leaving work early next Friday. Like, are you going to make it so that once the god is sealed, then all of the artifacts go into dormancy, and then the kids are just normal again? Hmm. I mean, that's one that, yeah. I don't I don't see why not. I, I will leave that up to the person who decides to write this. Yes. All right. So, first things first, I think that uh, we should have you shout out anything that you'd like our uh, listeners to go check out, William. Sure. The obvious choice is the web serials I edit. Like two of them. So the New Humans is, in the words of its author, superhero-adjacent rural gothic. It's about a school for superhuman children in 1960s Australia, in a world that has come to fear superpowers. Stars a character whose ability is that they can copy skills and powers from anyone, and a boy who can teleport anything to anywhere. And it's about as they navigate this society in 1960s Australia, and... The various complications of both the Cold War and various superpowered entities. And the other one, uh, which we've just started, is called Wise Blood. Well, it'll be a little less just started once this actually airs. But it's about this kid, Nicholas, a uh, middle schooler and part-time drug dealer, who becomes a vampire after an unexpected encounter and finds himself trapped in a very strange world. And his utter horror learns something absolutely terrible about his new friends. They're vampire creationists. I do not know what that means, but you know what? It sounds intriguing. I can say that I have actually read The New Humans. <laughs> um, what do you think? I did not know who you were uh, going into this, oh, wow. um, but I have actually read that. Well, I'm sure you can uh, back me up in saying that it is an excellent web novel, then. Can't you? I can at the very least say that if it's the sort of thing that you're interested in, it's a good read. Okay, so if you like the ideas on this episode, go ahead and check out those stories. Oh, they certainly have a great deal of my mindset poured into them, don't. If you had some sort of connection to any of the ideas that we discussed in the episode, go ahead and take them for yourself and write something with them. Or write them in sync with each other, and then you can just play off of each other, and we can go, hey, look at A, look at B, they're the same idea. See how different they are? Look at this astonishing back-and-forth literary conversation. Or we can go caddy and say, who did it better? 
<laughs> you know what? We'll leave that up to the authors when we get the uh, when we get the emails at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. So write us if you like the ideas. Write us if you didn't like the ideas. Just just write us. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that's us signing off for this week. Nice to talk to you. Nice to have you on. And uh, for the listeners, see you next week. Bye, everybody.